Hey there. I'm Gayla Zos. Welcome to episode number nine of the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. This week is a Marketing 101 week, which means I'll be interviewing someone I know who offers marketing-related products, services, or advice. Now, the goal here isn't to sell you anything. It's to give you the information you need to be a smart buyer of those products, services, or advice. In this episode, I talk to Kim Baker about how joining a chamber of commerce can benefit a business. Kim is the CEO of the Gallatin Area Chamber of Commerce, and she's a real go-getter. I've known Kim since she started working at the Chamber years ago, and it's been fun watching her evolve as a leader. I think it's safe to say that she is known today as a leader who truly gets things done for business owners. So if you've been on the fence about Chamber membership, if you've been wondering what a Chamber of Commerce has to offer to a small business, I think you'll be interested in what Kim has to say. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you're a budget-conscious small business owner who wants to learn more about marketing, join us weekly as Simple Marketing Academy founder Gayla Zoes helps you make sense of today's mind-boggling array of marketing options. So sit back, relax, and get ready to cut through the confusion because the Simple Marketing Academy podcast is starting now. Hey everybody, Gayla Zoes here with the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. Joining me today is Kim Baker. She's the CEO of the Gallatin Area Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Kim. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, today, we're going to be talking about chambers, obviously, but I would like to start off with a little information about you. People here in the Middle Tennessee area know you as the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, Tell us about your background and how you got to where you are today in the chamber. Absolutely. I've actually have a little bit of an interesting story of how I found my way to the Chamber of Commerce. So I am I, I am a Tennessean for about a little over 20 years now, born and raised in South Florida, made my way here in 2000, finished high school here, and then went on to finish co- college in Tennessee as well. And then I found my way to the chamber. And that's an interesting story. So prior to my time at the chamber, we had a director. Many of you know her as Mayor Paige Brown. She's with the city of Gallatin now. But she was here at the chamber. And at the time, she was also a county commissioner for Sumner County. Good friend of mine, Brad Singleton, who opened Sumner County's first brewery, Briar Scratch Brewing, back in, I guess, the mid, I don't, is that what you call them? The mid 2000s? I, I don't the know. Mid-80s, the mid oddies, the noughties, the noughties, whatever it is. Anyway, back then, he opened that and he was working with local, legis- local legislators, the county commission, city council, to change local legislation to allow breweries in the county because then they weren't allowed where he was trying to open one. He was opening it on agriculture land out in Cottontown and where he was looking to change things was having breweries fit into agritourism, which they do. That is a type of tourism, agriculture-based tourism. And so he's working closely with Mayor Brown and he got to know her a little bit. And I had finished college and it was kind of in the middle of the recession. Nobody was hiring freshly college graduates out of right out of college in the middle of that situation. So um, I had continued work as a bartender and a nanny 
And there, there was a big joke with my friends, Kim, are you going to be a bartender and a nanny forever? And <laughs> quite honestly, I didn't want to do that forever, but at the time it paid the bills and it paid quite well. And I enjoyed doing it and it beat the heck out of going to job interviews and getting turned down because I think I applied to over 200 jobs during that time period. And it was, I was becoming really discouraged where I thought I was just going to take my degree and my resume and put it in a shredder. But we had a Halloween party, I guess it would have been in 2013, I hosted, and Brad was there. And the question came up again around a bonfire, are you going to be a nanny forever? And I said, I sure hope not. He said, well, you know, the Chamber of Commerce is hiring, and I have no idea what they do, but I think you might like it. And so he gave me Paige's contact information, and that was on a Saturday. I called her on a Sunday, and then I came in for the job interview on Monday and I got hired. And so the rest is kind of history about my time here. Um, I, I was hired on part-time in a administrative office administration position. So I basically answered the phone and managed the front desk um, about 20, 25 hours a week. And when I interviewed, she told me that she had plans to run for mayor and she'd be announcing her candidacy in the next few months. And she really didn't know what would happen at the chamber. She didn't know, you know, if she got elected, what would happen here? Or if she didn't get elected, what would happen? And just that it was kind of uncertain for the future. And so I asked uh, in my interview, I was kind of bold, I guess, but I said, you know, would I have um, the opportunity? Would I be eligible to apply for your job? And if it came available. And she said, well, I guess by then you'd have a, at least a year experience and you have a college degree. So I guess you could apply. And so that was never my intention. I took the job because I wanted a job in a field um, that was similar to my degree, which my degree is in organizational communication. And um, I did not take it with the intention of becoming the CEO, but it, it, it worked out that she did become mayor and they conducted a nationwide search so once they conducted that nationwide search, I, I applied. I was the only internal candidate, Zena Parks, um, who Zena Rogers Parks, who is here still. She was she's my, now my COO. She was assistant director at the time. She had no interest in applying, so I wound up being the only internal candidate out of about seventy applicants from across the country. And um, you know, to be honest, I kind of thought they were dragging me along through the interview proce process just to be nice. You know, as I said, well, they're probably just doing it because they feel like they should, you know, hey, let's give her a chance. She applied. But um, I went through the process and I got hired and I became CEO. It was then called director in um, 2015. I remember when you had just started in that job where you were the at the front desk, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was working with Paige on some of those early editions of the Gallatin Chambers magazine, The City Guide. And you were you were just a um, an enthusiastic, positive ray of sunshine when for anybody who walked in that office. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it's funny because one of the things Paige told me during all of the interview and everything, because I, I I would talk to her a lot, and you know, I I just wanted to make sure I had all the tools in the box or as many as I could to be fully equipped for the job I had applied for. And one thing Paige told me during that time period was, "Kim, passion is powerful, and you have it. Don't hide it. Let it show." And and I um so I really have tried to carry that enthusiasm over into this role and really not lose it. Um, I think it's so, you know, I was a lot younger then and I was, 
I, I guess I was a little more naive too about just even the world around me. And so it's easier when we're younger to be really enthusiastic about everything because we haven't been hurt or jaded or kind of tainted in some way. But um, I just, I remember her saying those words about how important it is to be, you know, to show your passion and how powerful that is. And I also believe that positivity matters a lot too. And, you know, if we just go in with an optimistic and positive approach, then a lot can happen. And so that's kind of been my outlook for here at the chamber. Um, another funny story about that, because you asked about my background when uh, <laughs> one of my favorite, I guess, things that happened early on was when. Paige introduced me to the board then. She took me into the board meeting. I, I mean, I was probably like maybe three weeks into the job. And she said, I'd like you to meet you, introduce you to our new employee. This is Kim Myers. And she's been a nanny and a bartender. So I think she's going to be great for the chamber. <laughs> oh, and she said, <laughs> and she teaches Sunday school. So I think she's a great fit for Gallatin and the chamber. And so and, and those were all true. And who knew that all of those skill sets, like those jobs we have early on, how they really do shape us and teach us a lot about just life and what we're going to have to take on. Well, all those skills are completely transferable. I mean, anybody who's had a, a, a position in a nonprofit understands the, the need to have nanny skills oh, yeah. and the need to have bartending skills and the need to be able to communicate and teach. I mean, it's just, it's, you, you definitely came to that position with a lot of transferable skills. Well, thank you. They, I, I certainly use them on, on a regular basis. So, yeah. One of the things that our listeners may not understand or they may think they understand is what a chamber of commerce is and what it does. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of chambers of commerce in the United States and how they've evolved into what they, what they do today? Absolutely. And you're right. A lot of people don't know about the chamber. You know, even what I just told you a couple minutes ago about Brad, he said, I have no idea what a chamber does. And he had been working with one. Um, and I think a lot of folks don't know until they get involved with it. And I, I do think that chambers more recently have done a better job at telling their stories as organizations and saying, this is actually what we do for the community. And I think we have to continue to do that just like any business or any organization does have to do. But chambers have actually been around. Um, they've been in the U.S. since the early 1900s. They have actually been around. The first time you can find a mention of the Chamber of Commerce name was in the 1500s, and that was in France. And same same concept that was then that exists now is they um, agree group of tradesmen, a group of businesses banded together, uh, community members, because they wanted different industries and dis different initiatives to take place in their own communities. And that is much of what the chamber continues to do today. We continue to work um, to support different businesses that are already here, and then to work on community development and enhancement projects that will be attractive to those maybe looking to move into our community or expand into our community. You know, if I really dumb down what a chamber is, I, I say it how I say when I go visit schools. I get to go visit elementary, even preschools a lot. And if you can imagine, if it's hard for an adult to understand a chamber, it can <laughs> even be harder to explain that to a kid because, you know, especially since we're kind of in the Harry Potter era, 
is still um, a lot of folks. So, oh, the Chamber of Secrets, or they think we're uh, a bank that has a chamber in it. Um, you know, I guess a, a safe they think of or something like that. And so I get to squash all of those and say, no, but we do have some secrets. We get to keep secrets for the community often. Um, but what I tell them always is it's much like a club. And we are. Um, the IRS designates chambers as a 501c6, which means we are a nonprofit organization, but we're not a charitable nonprofit like a C3 when you think of the United Way or Habitat for Humanity. We're not out there saving babies and we're not out there saving animals and helping people um, get into homes and things, but we are certainly saving livelihoods quite often and helping build on those dreams of individuals and businesses. Um, so we are a club. I always tell kiddos, I say we're a club. And it's just like when you join a club at school, um, maybe you join to be, maybe you join the art club because you want to be around different artists and you want to do art projects together. Or you join the music club or the running club. That's essentially what we are. We're a club, a membership organization that is for businesses. So businesses join the chamber. They pay annual um, dues. We call it an investment because it very much is an investment into your business or organization. And with those funds, we are able to pour back into individual businesses and the community as a whole. So we don't, we don't necessarily profit anything off of what comes in. Everything we make, um, per se, it goes right back into um, supporting our members, offering engagement opportunities, offering educational opportunities, and then ultimately community development opportunities. Well, the, the chamber definitely does a lot. And one of the things that I learned when I was working on the 2021 edition of the Gallatin City Guide, the Chambers Magazine, which, by the way, is now available. It is. I learned that this 2021 is the Chamber's 100th anniversary. That, that is a long time for an organization in the U.S. to be in business. Talk a little bit about that 100th anniversary and, and what might have been going on 100 years ago that, that would have been a catalyst for the Chamber to get started. Yeah, so the Gallatin Chamber was actually started in 1921, so 100 years ago from right now. And if you think about what was going on in the 20s then, um, we were just coming off a pandemic. Uh, we were experiencing some economic instability and some challenges in the U.S. And But what we saw, which is a lot of what we're seeing right now, because we're in a really, what a time to celebrate 100th anniversary, because it's very similar to some of the things that were going on when we started. Of course, I wasn't around, but if we look back, and that was one of the fun things we got to do with the City Guide project this year was really look back into those archives and I, I dug out some historic minutes and really see what has happened over the past hundred years. But we know as a country and even as a Gal the Gallatin community that we're in the twenties, we were seeing a lot of new businesses come to life. Of course, we saw a lot of businesses not survive, um, much like we've seen over the past year. Um, not so much in Gallatin, but in other parts of the country, we have seen some other businesses that have just kind of said, this is it. This is the icing on the cake. This is how the cookie's going to crumble. Um, but we also, this, I think the silver lining is we saw a lot of folks get really creative um, back in 1920s and then also in the 2020s. Um, we're seeing folks maybe have a little more time on their hands. Maybe they're working from home. Maybe they had to be laid off or they had to take off to care for children that weren't in school. And they got to pour passion back into some things that they'd been thinking about doing and had some extra time. So we've started to see some new startups come up. Um, we've started to see some 
some creative spinoffs from businesses. And that's much of what we saw back in um, the 1920s. Um, a lot of big brands, um, I think General Electric is one of those that came out of that time period. So a lot of brands that are thriving today developed and initiated back then, not necessarily in Gallatin, but across the country. Mm-hmm. So what does a business gain when they join a chamber of commerce? Commerce. Uh, tell, us, tell us about the obvious benefits first, and then we'll talk about the benefits that aren't so obvious. Yeah. So I think the obvious bus- benefits, uh, you know, I remember when I started working at the chamber, my mom, you know, moms are usually your biggest fans, right? So my mom would be out in the store and she'd run into somebody from, you know, back in high school, a parent, another parent, um, you know, a friend of friend of mine's parent. And they'd say, Oh, Kim's working at the chamber now. Oh, that's nice. All they do is cut ribbons or, Oh, they get to go to a lot of open houses. And my mom, you know, the first, the first couple times, but as she got to, you know, hear what I was doing and see what I was doing and hear me talk about it, her mama bear was starting to come out and she would snap back at those people after a few, well, let me tell you what else the chamber does and, you know, and go off on her kind of mom thing. And she's not wrong because you're right. There are a lot of obvious things. And I think um, there's a funny meme that says, it's like what, what the, what my friends think I do, what the community thinks I do, what my board thinks I do, and then what we actually do. And it's these funny pictures. And it is so true because I think a lot of people think, oh, look at the chamber. They get to go out and they get to cut ribbons and um, that's neat. And there's open houses. And if I'm not doing any of that, then I don't need to be a part of the chamber. So there's a big misconception. A lot of people think it's something you do when you first open your business just to kind of get your feet wet. Um, And those are certainly some of the obvious things. So we cut the ribbons. We help celebrate grand openings. We manage a community calendar for the city of Gallatin. So we have it on our website. It actually transfers over and it's on the city's website and some other partner organizations as well. Um, So anybody can add events to those that are um, happening in the Gallatin area and we help push those out. Um, Of course, our lobby. We certainly serve as a walk-in welcome center for the city of Gallatin. So folks can come in off the street and pick up information, brochures, business cards, and then our magazine, our print city guide and directory. I think a lot of folks, a lot of folks know that that exists and uh, they use it. It's a great resource, especially as we've kind of seen the slow death of phone books. Um, this has become a more valuable resource for those who still want something in their hands. And then we also produce a digital version of it, as well as a search by listing directory that you can access from your mobile device or um, your desktop computer. So those are some of the obvious things. And then we have a series of events. We have over 200 events on our calendar that we either self-produce or co-produce. So a lot of folks just think we're a chamber, um, we're an event organization. And that, you know, there is some truth to that. We do host and organize a lot of community events, but that's not why we do them. We don't do them because we want to just produce events. I tell you, if we could, if we could take something away, it would be the producing of the events because there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, a lot of misconceptions, people think we're a PR organization. A lot of people also think we are a reporting agency. So they think that they can call us and leave bad reviews about businesses. And that is not us. We do have a friendly BBB in the middle Tennessee area. And so we always refer folks there. But some of the less obvious things are um, the connections. You know, we know, and I think everyone that's been in business or has worked with business for any time knows that the number one way you get new clients is still 
building relationships and word of mouth. Um, a lot of folks may not know this, but we only refer to members. Um, so when somebody calls our office and wants to know about XYZ type of business, we only give them names and numbers of those that are members of our organization. And if we don't have one, we have to say, we. I mean, what we say is, I'm sorry, we actually don't have a current member that does XYZ. And so we send them on. Um, another thing, of course, is the connectivity. Um, you know, by attending those events, like we, yes, we like producing events. They're fun. They're a lot of work. But what we really like is the seeing the ROI. And the ROI for us is watching people build connections at those events. So when they come to a luncheon and they get a lead and they get a new client or they get a connection to a new client, that's really helpful. And a lot of our events are open to members and future members. So some of them, if you're thinking about joining the chamber, you could come to those. Um, then there's a lot of different um, just tools and resources we have available for marketing um, and promotions. So like I said, we're not a PR agency, but we do have a lot of services that can help you market and promote your business. Um, we have a lot of resources, a lot of educational opportunities. We have one program that's called One Hour Wonder. It's essentially a lunch and learn. It happens each month and we dive in into business-related topics that are really ideal for um, small to mid-sized businesses. Um, we had one earlier this year that was about working with the media. So kind of deep dive real quick in an hour, you know, how to, how to write a press release, how to get that in front of people. Um, you know, some of these things, if you don't have a marketing background or you didn't necessarily go to school to learn how to do some of um, these tasks, as a business, you might not know how to do that, especially if you don't have if you're not under a corporate brand, you don't have somebody that's doing those things for you or with you. Um, so we like to provide educational opportunities that helps our businesses um, just be more aware of what they need to do to run a successful business from start to success. And and I think a lot of our listeners fall into that category. The, the audience for this podcast is really anyone who's thinking of starting a small business or someone who's running a small business and wants to get better at marketing or someone who is working for another small business in a marketing role. And, and, and I think that the chamber is a great hub for services that can help you get the word out. But the one thing that you haven't mentioned that I want to make sure our listeners know about is the um, uh, startup Gallatin for people who have business ideas um, would-be entrepreneurs. Uh, that program has been run. I think you've had two cohorts so far. I'm not sure what the plans are for the future. COVID has thrown a monkey wrench in everything. Mm -hmm. But just the, the support that, the, that, that you can get by plugging into the chamber if you want to start a business but haven't done it yet, or if you have a business and want to make, make it successful, there are so, so many resources that can be had just with that simple chamber membership. Absolutely. You're so right about that. I mean, we have access to so many things. But Startup Gallatin was a really fun program. We, we launched officially in 2018, and we've actually run three cohorts since inception. We took a hiatus in 2020. We were actually preparing to launch a spring cohort in 2020, and then kind of COVID flipped everything upside down. But Startup Gallatin, um, we work with um, a, the Co-Starters curriculum, which Co-Starters is a program based out of Chattanooga. It's a 10-week cur curriculum that takes um, aspiring entrepreneurs or those who maybe just have a concept 
um, or in the early stage of starting um, from idea to thriving, sustainable business. So we help them build over the 10 weeks, take a deep dive into the financial aspects, the um, marketing aspects, communication, connectivity, and really aligns with what the chamber does. It didn't, it didn't necessarily start as a chamber program, but it kind of moved under us because it, it does. I mean, that's what we want. At the end of the day, we want all of our businesses to have not only a successful start, but also a longstanding sustainable business in our community because it's it's a win-win for all when we can do that. Definitely. I I see the chamber as as creating a fertile ground for business success. You know, whatever whatever that takes is is what the chamber can provide. Skills, connections, resources, free things, out of the box things, help, um, triage <laughs> there's just, there's so much, but I have to ask this question mm-hmm. in any community, you've got businesses who join a chamber and then you've got businesses who say, nah, I, I don't need them. They don't do anything for me. What do you have to say to the person who says, I don't need the chamber. They don't do anything for me. Well, you know, one of the things I say, but what if we need you? And what if the community needs you and and you don't realize that yet? Um, You know, a lot of people join the chamber for different reasons. We've got the folks that I've already kind of addressed that join because they're new to a community and they want to get their feet wet and they think it's the best way to connect. Some of those folks, they join for a year and then they join to get a ribbon cutting and then we don't see them again. And that's okay. Um, and then we have some folks that just are good community partners. A lot of our large corporations, a lot of our industry partners, they join because they want to be a part of the community. They want to offer their employees and their staff um, things to do. And then we have the folks that are looking to continue to make connections and continue to grow and really want to be fully ingrained in the community. Um, you know, we do from time to time have those folks that say, well, I'm too busy. Um, you know, we hear that a lot, especially right now, we've got some businesses that are just busting at the seams and they're like, I can't take any customers anymore. And then, you know, my response to that is, okay, well, what happens when the current customers decide they no longer want to be customers, you know, and you haven't done any marketing or you haven't been in front of the community and you don't know anybody else around here, but your existing customers, and then they're no more. What do you do then? So, you know, the the part of the chamber is you may not need the customers now, or you may not be looking for leads or um, certain things now, but eventually you're going to need something that somebody has to offer. And quite honestly, somebody in our chamber probably needs something you offer. And so it's, it's kind of a two-way street. It, it, I think the chamber really is a mutually beneficial relationship, not just between us and a member, but between members and other members. We see a lot of member-to-member um, connections and opportunities, and that's, that's really what we like to see is when our members can connect with others. So it, it, there are folks in the community that that's a tougher sell on, and some of them just don't want to. Another thing we hear too is, especially as we find more and more folks moving in from outside of the area, is, well, I was a member of the chamber here, and I didn't like it. 
or they did it like this, or, you know, why don't you do this here? And so, and that's okay. We're always open to ideas, but the statement that gets me hung up really is the one that says, well, I was a member of a chamber here and they didn't do a good job. So I'm not joining your chamber. And my response to that is always, if you've seen one chamber, then you've seen one chamber because we all, um, we all should stand for the same kind of mission to drive community. Um, but we don't all necessarily do that the same way. And all chambers quite honestly, don't do that well. And so if you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber. And so if you've had a bad experience with another chamber, I'd invite um, I'd invite you to come meet with me and check out what our chamber has to offer. One of the things that I had the privilege of witnessing, when, when you say, if you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber, what, your, what you and your staff did to support businesses during COVID was was incredible. It was inspiring. And I'd like you to talk about how you guided member businesses through COVID and how you helped them and, and how, how did chamber members benefit from that support in ways that non-members didn't? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, th- this is, and it's still an ongoing thing, but I appreciate you saying that because it really was, it was a labor of love. And, you know, we're, we're, we're about a year out from all of that. And it was really, um, it, it was really, you know, you, you mentioned earlier triage and crisis response almost. That's what it was because for our businesses, they were in crisis. And I know there was a lot of other crisis going on in the community, but for us as a chamber responding to our particular clients and customers, they were in crisis. And as an organization, we had two choices. We had one choice to pull the plug and say, hey, we don't feel safe. We're going home and we're going to work from home and just, I'm sorry, you might not be able to reach us because there were some, we know that there were several businesses that had to do that and some that just chose to do that and organizations. Um, or option two, which is the road we chose to take was we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop because when we stop, that sends the message to our businesses that they have to stop. And uh, for us, I believe in our community and I believe in every community that the chamber should be the driver of business and that businesses should look at the chamber for an example and what to do. And if the chamber stops, then that sends the message that everything else should stop. So we really prided on ourselves on um, not canceling and not closing. We didn't close. We didn't cancel things. Um, we just figured out how to reinvent ourselves and reinvent what we offered and how to do it. We were fortunate because for us, we had, um, I guess maybe back in 2016 or 2017, I had kind of started the switch for us to switch over to voice over IP for our phones. So we had an app where all of our phone calls and voicemails can, can switch over to our mobile devices. Um, we had switched over to G Suite, um, Google for Business. So all of our products are on a cloud, um, which um I'm, I'm glad we did that then because I know a lot of people had to learn how to do that last year. And so we were ahead in that aspect. So that was a positive. But um, for us, what we did early on, we've got, um, we had six, there's six of us on the staff here um, that are here all the time. We have about 600 members. So the first thing, first thing we did was we developed a small business roundtable, um, our, our business support task force. I forget what we even called it, but I pulled around 20 of my businesses together, and this was about mm, March 
this was about March 15th, 16th, 18th, before we even knew, we just, we knew we had heard chatter and we weren't really sure. It was before everything, I guess, closed, you could say. And so I pulled them together and I said, I need y'all. I need you to offer ideas. I need y'all to be leaders in your industries. And I need y'all to be prepared to support others and tell them how to do things, uh, you know, cause they're not going to know. I pulled some of my churches in there that already had really successful online streams. Some of my retailers that were already doing online sales and Facebook lives. And because I knew, I said, this is how this is going to happen. We're going to go online and there's going to be some people that are left in the desk because they don't know what to do. And for me, that wasn't an option. We, we had to figure out what we needed to do to make sure those folks were successful too. Um, so I pulled all of these folks around the table. We started talking and sharing resources. Um, I started email threads for all these different industries and put them put them in groups together so they could kind of have mentors and buddies and talk with people in their specific industries. Cause nobody, what we found is nobody wanted to be the first one to close. And then nobody wanted to be the last one to open back up. Nobody really wanted to be first to do anything in this whole situation. Um, so we just kind of had to get them talking to figure out how they could be, um, together on all of this. And so that was helpful. Um, we took my staff, um, and of course we were all kind of working all over the place. I think for about, 45 days, I was the only one that would come to the office because they had kids or high risk situations. And so I was like, I'm going to go in. So I'd come into the office every day and I'd work and I'd answer the phone. And, and it was, um, and my staff was all working too. They just weren't here. They were at home working and, you know, we'd take turns who would man the phone because we'd have them rolled over. But I think one of the best things we did early on was we divided the list six ways. And I told everybody, I said, you've each got about 90 to 100 members. I said, you have 10 days to call all of them. And so that's what they did. Um, for 10 days, everybody picked up the phone and they called and we called every single member we had. And if we didn't, if we couldn't, if we couldn't get a hold of them on the phone, we'd send them a Facebook message or a text message if we had a phone number. And we got a hold of them and just checked on them and asked what they need. Did they, were they having access to, by then, by the time we got to some of these calls, we were starting to hear about PPP and auto loans. And so we were getting information about that as fast as it was coming out because our, um, our Congressman, um, was really great. His field rep and everybody was sending us all that info and kind of translating it, making it simple for us to share with others. So we were going through all of those questions and what do you need? Or, you know, do you need help with online sales? And then we we're able to pull from other businesses and kind of match them. Um, there was so much that went on and it's kind of like when I, when I think about it, it, it kind of makes me want to cry, but it also makes me really happy because we were able to support our members in big ways. But, you know, to answer your question about how were members helped during that time and how did they benefit? Um, I think they benefited because they had 24 seven access to us and our other, other businesses in the community didn't, um, you know, if you're a member of the chamber and you've been around and you ever wanted my cell phone number, you've probably gotten it. So I had businesses texting me at all hours of the night. And I mean, I, I think back then, back during that time, I was, I was probably working about 60 to 80 hours a week because I was just, I was taking calls all night because businesses aren't always working nine to five. Some of them are working at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and they need help. Um, so we, being available, they had access to us and our resources. They were the first ones to find out information when we were getting it from the SBA or, um, you know, when we were getting information about all of these different opportunities for financial assistance. Um, 
And then, of course, they were still having access to our marketing opportunities and promotions. And if you think about it, when more do you need that when everybody all of a sudden has gone online and they're not out and about because a lot of people were home? And so now people are relying more on social media. Well, on social media, we only share our member information and same thing with our website. So I think that members really had a significant benefit during that time because they had more accessibility to us and their customers had more accessibility to them through us. Um, we, of course, did open up some things to businesses that were not members. I mean, I'd, I'd have folks call or come in and say, what do I do or how do I get this? And so we actually started a um, we started a weekly dashboard, which was in addition to our newsletter. And we were allowing anyone to subscribe to that because right now our newsletter is only for members. Um, but this dashboard we were doing, we were doing daily dashboards for a little while, and then we started doing weekly dashboards. And those, anybody could sign up for those. So a lot of folks were reaching out, and which was interesting um, because we did gain some members during that time because they, they weren't a member before the pandemic, but you best believe that they were afterwards because they realized that there were some tools and resources that they needed and they didn't need to wait until they needed them to have them. So let's talk about the key takeaway here from all of this. If somebody, uh, let's, uh, let's say it's a, a person who wants to be an entrepreneur is either just starting a business or maybe they've been in business for a while. What is the most important thing that that person should know or do in order to get the most out of a chamber membership? You know, Kayla, what I always tell people about a chamber membership, I always tell them to get the most out of it. It's kind of like joining a gym or joining a church. Um, if you never go to the gym, you're never going to see any results, even though you're paying that 30 to $50 fee a month. Um, in which I will say that a chamber membership is usually cheaper than a gym membership, by the way, not that you shouldn't have both. Um, but, um, <laughs> and then same thing with church, you know, people say, well, uh, you know, I, I went over here. I'm not, I'm just not feeling connected. I haven't met anybody. Well, have, have you gone? Well, I went once, you know, and, and, and so that doesn't work. And that's the same thing with the chamber. Now on the flip side of that, there are folks that say, well, I, I want to be a part of the chamber, but I don't have time to come to things. Okay, well, we have we have other things that don't require your time, especially if you're a one person show. I understand that. I mean, it's hard to do everything on your own. Um, but I would say the most valuable thing is getting in here and and trying out the different opportunities we have. You know, if you say, well, there's two, over 200 events, which one do I come to? Well, try try maybe two this month, try two different ones. And see which one you like. Um, our luncheons are the best way to get a feel for the culture of our organization. I always suggest folks start there um, and then go on from other places. You know, if they're a young professional, they might enjoy our young professionals group. Or if they just want to come and learn things, then they might enjoy our one-hour wonders. But I would say showing up for things. And then, you know, keeping in touch with us. Um, you know, I've already mentioned we have about 600 members. And uh, some of our members kind of think we have a crystal ball. Or that we can find out everything about everyone or, you know, I'll, you know, I'll run into people and they'll say, oh, 
you weren't at this and, but I didn't know about it. And I mean, and, and so quite honestly, it it is a two way street, you know, as much as we tell you things, we need our members to tell us things too. So if you get involved with the chamber, ours or any of them, let them, let them know what you've got going on, you know, email us, text us, send us a Facebook message. um, Just so we stay in the know because we, we, we try to keep our feelers out there and catch everything that's going on in the community, but there's six of us and 600 of y'all. So it, it gets hard to do sometimes. Well, I, I think that you, the six of you do an amazing job. And the one thing that stands out for me, hearing you talk about chambers and how they can benefit um, entrepreneurs and small business owners, you don't have to be alone. If, if you're a member of a chamber and you're trying to start your business or make it grow, you don't have to do it by yourself. You've got help. You've got partners. You've got people to walk alongside you on the path. And I think, I think that is so, so valuable. You, you have a sounding board if you need it. You've got resources. So Kim, if somebody wants more information about the Gallatin Area Chamber of Commerce or they're thinking about joining, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So they can actually um, email me. My email is super simple. It's Kim at gallatintn.org. They could call me at any time. Our phone number is 615-452-4000. Or they could stop in if they're local in the Gallatin area. Um, We're always accepting visitors. We're typically open 9 to 4, Monday through Friday. Um, And our office is right in the heart of historic downtown. It's at 118 West Main Street. That sounds great. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been extremely informative, and I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Hey, Gayla, thank you, and thanks for having me, and thank you for being such a good friend of the Chamber. Oh, anytime. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Simple Marketing Academy podcast. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review? It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback. And speaking of feedback, if there's a topic you'd like us to address on the podcast, let us know. Just drop us an email at info at simplemarketing.academy. The Simple Marketing Academy podcast will be back next week with more straight talk about marketing your small business. See you there.